Who will rescue Din Djarin on The Mandalorian? Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're diving into theories about The Mandalorian Season 3 finale. After a shocking penultimate episode, our heroes are in peril, especially the eponymous Mandalorian himself, Din Djarin. And with just one episode to go before Ahsoka takes center stage this August, we've got some bold predictions about what The Mandalorian Season 3 will mean for the galaxy far, far away. We're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil the most recent episode of The Mando, and potentially the finale if we're right. So if you're worried about that kind of thing, leave now before it's too late. I will go. Grogu as well. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? The previous episode of The Mandalorian, The Spies, was chock full of shocking revelations about the Imperial Shadow Council, teases of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and snitches who are currently without stitches. It ended with Din Djarin getting captured by Moff Gideon in a secret Imperial base on Mandalore, Paz Vizsla's heroic last stand, and some major questions about what will unfold in the finale. So let's start with the biggest question of all, the one we titled this video around. Who will rescue Din Djarin from Moff Gideon? Well, the answer seems fairly obvious, especially when you take into account Star Wars' deep passion for cyclical storytelling. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. It's Grogu. The wee baby Grogu is going to be the one to save Big Daddy Din. This would be the perfect way to mirror the season two finale where Din goes sticko mode with that Beskar spear aboard Moff Gideon's ship to rescue his young ward. Besides, the wee baby Grogu isn't as helpless or as wee baby as he once was, because last week one of the Anzellans retrofitted IG-11's corpse to make a Krang cosplay for Grogu, and he also very possibly dropped Star Wars' first F-bomb, so shout out to Twitter's Bojack Assman and io9 for that particular catch. Well. While it's adorable to see this 50-year-old baby use the force from the comfort of a mech suit and smash buttons like one of those TikTok dogs, the real way that he's gonna rescue his Big Daddy Din is with something else that was teased much earlier in the season, something that we've already theorized about in detail. Between Moff Gideon's Beskar alloy armor, an army of Imperial Super Commandos, and his impressive detachment of Praetorian Guards, the Mandos need some major firepower to punch through the Imperial defenses and rescue Din. So how will they do it? Grogu's gonna use the Force to tame the Mythosaur and lead the Mandalorian people's living legend into battle. Folks, we've seen Grogu use the Force multiple times before to tame massive creatures like the Mudhorn in Season 1 and the Rancor on the Book of Robert Fettuccini. But consider the power the Mythosaur has to inspire even the most jaded of Mandalorians like Bo-Katan Kryze. Seeing its might brought to bear on the interlopers that devastated the Mandalorian planet would be a powerful moment for all Mandos and a killer way to drive out these genocidal fascists. And while we're on the subject of Grogu, last week did give us Grogu's first fully formed words from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Yes. He's able to manipulate IG-12's rudimentary systems to give yes or no answers to questions to hilarious effect. No. What do you mean, no? No. But something tells us we might actually hear Grogu utter his first real words. As for what they'll be, that's anybody's guess, but our money's on something like Din or Dad. That'll melt our hearts and really drive home this father-son story at the heart of this show. Uh, 
And moving on, last week also gave us deep insights into the Imperial Shadow Council and their plans to rebuild the Empire. We had surprise appearances from Thrawn's right-hand man, Captain Pelion, and Armitage Hux's daddy dearest, Brendel Hux, and they gave us some clues about what's coming down the decidedly evil pipeline. Not only will Thrawn be returning to fulfill his role as the heir to the Empire, a new hope for an evil age, but Hux is spearheading something called Project Necromancer, or however he said it. Now, ostensibly, it's Palpatine's top-secret cloning project to make a viable body for himself to inhabit and give the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise a happy ending. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. But from what we've seen in earlier seasons on Navarro and last episode, Moff Gideon has a secret cloning project of his very own, one that might even be more successful than Project Necromancer. Given Moff Gideon's flair for the dramatic and penchant for giving big Bond villain-style speeches, we expect he'll boast to Din about his version of Project Necromancer. After all, it's the real reason why they needed Grogu's Force-sensitive blood previously, and why Gideon also had Dr. Pershing basically lobotomized. Pershing's cutting-edge cloning science comes from the cloners that Gideon admires on Kamino. Gideon needs that Force-sensitive blood to make a viable clone body that someone else can inhabit using the Force, rather than a sentient clone of another living being. And there are Snoke bodies that we've seen before floating in Gideon's labs on Navarro and presumably here on Mandalore. And later in the canon, Supreme Leader Snoke kinda comes out of left field. He takes people like Brendel Hux, for example, unaware. It seems fairly obvious based on that that Gideon's version of Project Necromancer is the one that succeeds. And after all, it's fairly standard Sith practice to have an evil backup plan. There is another. And speaking of another, we know that Elliot Kane's been spying on the New Republic for Moff Gideon and actively sabotaging their every move. But there is another Judas in our hero's midst. We believe that the spy will in fact be revealed next week, and the true identity will be a real shocker. I'm the spy. No, not, we've been over this, not you. We went all in last week on the theory that the Armorer is secretly working for Moff Gideon. And if you want to know more, check out our recent video, which I'll drop in the description below. Now, to do our due diligence, though, I do want to highlight three other potential candidates we've seen floating around. The first is Axe Woves, Bo-Katan's rival who stole her fleet and got his ass whooped. He also conveniently jetpacked away during the Imperial attack just before Moff Gideon sprang his trap. The second option is Grief Karga, the now Magistrate of Navarro, who struggled to keep his system safe from Imperials and pirates alike. The theory there is that IG-12 has a tracker built in which Gideon uses to keep tabs on the Mandos. And lastly, some folks are speculating that those Mando survivors we saw eking out a living on Mandalore are secretly Imperial spies. While Gideon didn't build that base overnight, maybe he needed someone like Breaking Bad Skinny Pete or Top Gun Maverick's overbearing Admiral to lead Bo-Katan and her crew directly into his trap. Personally, I don't really buy any of these other options. I'm still all in on the armorer theory. Now, if we're proven wrong, so be it, but none of the other options would bear that same narrative weight. Now, as for a true wildcard prediction, while we strongly believe Grogu will be the one to rescue Din, we think that someone like Bo-Katan could take things a step further and kill Moff Gideon in single combat. Because if anybody deserves revenge on this Imperial Dillweed, it is Bo-Katan. 
Not only did he strip her of her legitimacy in the Darksaber, but he betrayed her, altered the deal, and devastated Mandalore. And folks, we are long overdue for a showdown between these two, and we think that Bo could finally overcome her nemesis to lead the settlers of Catan to a promised land full of bricks, sheep, and Beskar. Or, who knows, maybe they'll really throw us for a loop and go full samurai movie by having both of them deliver the killing blow to each other simultaneously in an epic duel. Bo-Katan. We have to stop meeting like this. And last but not least, we have what feels like the most obvious prediction in the entire world, the fact that Thrawn will appear in a post-credit scene. Now, increasingly, shows like The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Andor use post-credit scenes at the end of the season to tease upcoming storylines. And with the hype around Ahsoka coming this August, it feels like a huge missed opportunity not to at least show everyone's favorite blue baddie coming out of the shadows to give us a sense of the impending doom coming to the galaxy far, far away. Anyway, folks, there you have it. Those are our biggest predictions for The Mandalorian Season 3 finale. It's sure to be an explosive episode, and we can't wait to see what happens. But if you want to go deeper into all things Star and Wars in the meantime, we've got you covered over on Nerdist. For now, though, tell us, what do you think of our theories? What are your predictions for the finale? Was that his first word? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. 